Welcome to another edition of Campus Life, the NFL or the college half of our uh, Campus to Canton podcast here. Uh, this is Colin doing the intro. Austin is away tonight, but I am joined by one of our founders here. You know, him. thank me, Some thank me, <laughs> thank me, thank me for having me, Colin. It's really uh, your pleasure for having me here. Colin, blink three, three times if you want Austin or yeah, Austin not to be on anymore. <laughs> All right. I see some blinking. I see some blinking. Uh, no, seriously. It's really uh, your pleasure for having me. It, it truly is. It's the listener's pleasure as well. Uh, that is the voice of the one and only Felix Sharp. Uh, Felix. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Uh, I know you'd love to be asked this question before we start podcast. So uh, how's it going? (laughs) Don't you do it. Don't you dare (laughs) do it. If the worst way to start a podcast is to ask somebody, how you doing tonight? I'm going to punch you in the face. That's how I'm doing. Oh, I, I know that's Felix's favorite intro there. So I feel like I had to go with that one, but. Uh, Austin is away today, um, and while the boss is away, the minions will play. Felix and I are going to get into some political discussions here to start, um, you know, and then we'll talk some some fantasy football a little bit later. How's that sound for you, Felix? Yeah, should we start with abortion? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was thinking that maybe twenty twenty four election. I did actually just turn my ballot in today uh, in the write in uh, for local elections, so. You know, we can we got plenty of topic to cover here. Just kidding, guys. Not a not you don't have to skip ahead, you know, 20 minutes. We're not actually going to get into this here. We're going to talk some week six review. Uh, We had the Red River rivalry. We had some other blowouts, uh, some other really nice games there. Uh, We'll get into some stock up, stock down, some waiver wire plays uh, and then we crowdsourced a couple of questions from our, our NIL members there. Uh, we we have a couple topics there later on. We're also going to be giving away the autographed Bryce Young ball that we announced in our Discord. Uh, we will announce the drawing for the winner of that uh, live during the show. Uh, and then feels uh, like we've announced this like six months ago, and we are just yeah. now <laughs> giving it away. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. I don't have the ball, so it's not my fault. Don't come at me. It's not my fault. Well, if it was we me, said, these trains would be running on time. We said we were going to give it away on Saturday. Totally, totally slipped my mind. Um, so we'll do it tonight. We'll get into some week six review here. Uh, the Red River rivalry, Texas versus Oklahoma. The game that I was supposed to watch for college fantasy tonight before it was so rudely ripped away from me by whoever creates that show sheet no names will be mentioned anyway this game kind of a blowout here uh, obviously Oklahoma missing Dylan Gabriel that really hurt them they had to change up the offense there uh, but we'll start with Texas here Texas looked good in this one um, how good is this team going to be this year and how good are they going to be heading into 2023 Felix is this a playoff team in 2023? Yeah, in 2023, probably, I would think so. Um, okay. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see yours for the whole season because, one, they lost those two games, 
or they lost two games during that span too. Um, we didn't get to see him develop during that time. And I'm a big advocate of needing reps uh, at that specifically at that position, at the quarterback position. It's hard. You need to be able to see coverages, know what disguises look like, you know, get, get a feel for when uh, the defense is running substitutions on and off the field and the clock and all that kind of stuff. And so we didn't get to see that, but you know, I mean, Texas rolled in this one and I'm impressed with Quinn Ewers. Um, the thing that, I think I'm really impressed with is you'll see. So this is a problem with Anthony Richardson is that he doesn't know the, the speed necessary on each pass is not 150 miles an hour. And and the thing that we see with Quinn is that he puts only what's necessary on it. I don't, I've not seen him rip one yet. You know, even on some, I, I saw him um, uh, like scramble to the right and throw an out and there was nobody, the, the cornerback was breaking and he threw it before the release, and he kind of just floated it out there in this open space to make it an easy catch for the wide receiver. And he knew he didn't have to, you know, gun it in there because there was no defender there, no threat. And, and I saw him do that. He does that a lot. And I'm like, okay, you know, that is that is a form of like throwing the ball softly is a form of arm talent that we don't give enough credit for. We now sometimes we call that anticipatory throws, you know, when somebody's breaking it uh, uh you know, breaking and the quarterback throws it before that wide receiver is turned around or before there's an opening there. But um I saw some of those that is a form of arm talent. Being able to put touch on the ball when it's when you are when when there's enough space to do so and then there's not a threat for a turnover or an interception. And it shows some maturity because again, a lot of young quarterbacks they just want to throw it as hard as they can. And I know why they do it because there's, there's the thought, if I get this ball from point a to point B, that window that I saw, it's still going to be open when the ball leaves my hand until when it gets to the wide receiver, there's no, there's less of a threat of that window closing or, or a a, uh, defender coming in and intercepting the ball. But Quinn is, is very mature in his understanding of when he can, you know, rip it in there, when he can put touch on the ball and, the space between this and leverage between his uh his wide receiver and their their defender yeah i mean that was a fantastic breakdown of arm talent of quinn ewers and and the you know the touch that he showed during this game here uh i always love listening to your breakdowns here you had that one breakdown with matt waldman where you guys were talking josh uh or justin fields talking anthony richardson uh on his podcast and that was just it was incredibly insightful. So I appreciate that here and this as well. Moving off of Quinn Ewers, uh, Jatavian JT yeah. Sanders yeah. had an- yet another fantastic game here in this one. Uh, he's been consistent all year. Um, he was a five-star athlete coming in, and he's showing some of the athletic traits. He's showing development as a tight end. How high should he be ranked in the tight end rankings for C2C, for Debbie? You know, take that whatever direction you're thinking. Well, he's been consistent right up until his name changed and went from Jatavian <laughs> to JT. That caught me off guard. I was like, who the heck is JT Sanders? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so I looked at my rankings today and I moved him to, to, to tight end five. Uh, and that all, and that, I mean, he's a five star athlete. He could have played defensive end or D tackle at, at Texas. They made him a, a, a tight end. And he had, you know, that play in high school where he made the one handed catch that everyone went gaga over. But he's a good athlete. He's on that um, Delaney Walker spectrum, I, I think, as far as a, a tight end goes. Um, and I put him tight end five, but one tight end ahead of him is still Eric Gilbert, who's not 
I don't think he's going to come out in the 2023 draft. Even if he yeah. did, is he going to get drafted before round seven? Uh, so, you know, there's an argument for him to be made uh, at tight end four. But that's a, a position that, the, you know, we look, tight end is a problem in Yale. It's a problem in college. We thought that was going to do this year. We thought that Detroit native Theo Johnson was going to be that dude this year. But, but you know, they haven't. It's a, it's a, oh, even, 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 look who's coming in the, in the box down here. Even, um, the, uh, pull back the curtain. We we might have an uninvited guest coming in. I see I see his box opening uh, down here. Even what is you know why, why do I never uh -oh. get invited to do this show? It's I don't get me wrong. Does it? Colin, I love does I love it take Kanban? two people to fill in for Austin. We're gonna blow his head up. You're gonna blow his head. Up. I love Canbound. Well, no, I, I will. I will jump out of here. I'm very excited to listen to this episode in the morning. I, I love both of you guys uh, on the show. I was just recording a Roger Robinson as uh, so he de he decommits from UCLA and goes to Georgia. So I was recording you're a video. Up names. I am making, making up names. names. And I just happened to look up. I'm like, oh hey, they just started Campus Life. Campus Life with Felix Sharp. Where was my invite? I get invited to Canbound all the time, but my goodness. I make one Kyle McCord Heisman prediction. I never That's get exactly invited right. back on this. <laughs> That's all exactly right. right. And you should never be. You know what? We never got to the bottom of you all not inviting me on for the bold predictions. You you all, you should have, this college. show should have been canceled. And I tried my damnedest to get this show canceled. I wrote letters to Fantasy Points trying to get you two off the air and it didn't work. And you know what? Nobody said, and I know that Matt, I know that Matt did not agree with me on pulling that, that bit. But nobody no, wrote an email. <laughs> nobody turned in an email saying that's because that, this is everybody's uh, favorite show. Nobody wants it to get canceled. This is everybody's favorite show on the network. I love Debbie Debate. I love Campus Life even more. Like this is this is the best show on the on the uh, on the network. That was it. I just wanted to come in and, and just let you know I'm a little frustrated. Oh, I, I apologize, Matt. Um, you know, like I said, we were scrambled no, okay. a little bit last minute okay. too. And it. you know what? I know this is Felix's favorite show, and I know how upset he would have been if if I didn't invite him on. Just just know so. if Austin's still out on Thursday, don't ask me to fill in on Can Bound because oh. my feelings will still be hurt. All, All right. right. Enjoy we'll, the we'll, show, boys. I'm excited to listen to it. Well, we just actually started talking Quinn Ewers. Well, finished talking Quinn Ewers. Oh, hi. So. oh man. Now, see, now I can't. If you just started, I might have hit in the background for a minute. Yeah, I said he sucked. He's me. overrated. As He's a, overrated. He's I don't know. not the QB1. I don't know exactly Austin's words here, and I'll leave you with this, but um, he said something to the point of this is like the worst bit or take that you've held on to for as long as you have. <laughs> and I think, I think he's right on that. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good show. All right, thank you, Matt. Appreciate you crashing the show here and just just hopping in in the middle. Oh man, always always great content getting Matt and Felix together. I honestly, I should have just asked both you guys to hop on. Um, and we, we would have had two hours of of that. Right. Remember that time we were we were like three hours. Yeah, <laughs> and you yep. didn't even talk. <laughs> we just yep. steamrolled Colin. <laughs> Two hours or whatever it was. I felt like I was on Debbie debate. I felt like I was Austin at the beginning uh, of that show. You know, the first, I don't even know how many episodes and the whole bit was Austin never talks. Oh, um, all right. Back on track though, with the red river rivalry here. Um, yeah. You were talking JT Jatavian Sanders. Uh, I agree with yeah. you. I, you know, I put him in my top five there as well. I wrote him up for the Debbie guide. Uh, you know, I think he has NFL, uh, athleticism 
He's catching passes well. He plays in line too, which I think is something that, you know, a lot of these other tight ends now, like they're kind of splitting them out wide. They're not playing them in the line as much. I think Sanders offers that type of versatility where he can do either or. And like you said, you know, tight end, very difficult to translate and figure out who is actually going to be a fantasy relevant at the NFL level. I do feel pretty good about Sanders. Yeah, I think he uh, I, I think he can be one of the guys that will translate well. Yeah, I don't know what it is about this seat where I just stop listening, just like Colin or just like Austin. Um, <laughs> is it is it but, me? Is uh, it my is it my voice? Do I just it, do it I just is talk just too long? Must be, may, maybe I don't know what. Oh God, I almost my voice over puts here. my voice puts um, you in a trance. No, it's a it's a position where there's not a lot of um, production, uh, not a lot of guys that you can confidently project to the NFL, and we have to remember that. Jatavian Sanders is going to have Quint Ewers, Steve Sarkeesian for this. This is his sophomore year for another for another year. That's yep. a that's enough. Minimum. Yeah, that's enough. I mean, absolutely. Sark. I think was Sark the offensive coordinator when Irv Smith went to uh, was that Alabama? I don't know. I, the clock, the timeline is in my head is a little bit off, but I mean, he's regardless. I believe so yeah, because he was not. I don't think he was there for OJ Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, the um I lost my train of thought here. He's gonna be in an explosive offense. Um and even as the, there's a lot of attention that's gonna be given to Xavier Worthy and quite frankly Jordan Whittington for that matter, coming out out of the slot. Uh so he's you know, when, when Xavier Worthy is occupying a quarterback a cornerback and a safety over the top, Jatavian Sanders is gonna be right there in the seam, like we saw on that touchdown pass. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you move right into Jordan Whittington here. Ewers seems to like Jordan Whittington at least a little bit more than what Hudson Card did. Uh, Jordan Whittington, the former running back, uh, moves to wide receiver, plays the slot there. Uh, he had five targets in this one. Um, you know, so he was getting some work. Uh, you know, do you have I know Jordan Whittington, a little bit of an odd profile here given that he was running back, moving into the wide receiver in the slot. He's had some injury concerns here. Um, but, you know, thoughts on Jordan Whittington here, maybe even as a pro potential. Uh, so he had five receptions in this one. I don't know how many targets receptions, he had. Right. Uh, yeah, in, in, uh, in, in Alabama, he had seven receptions. And then Louisiana Monroe, he had three. Those are the only three three games that Quinn Ewers has been healthy for. I don't, I don't have – I mean, he has the requisite – size and you know you would think that a running back turn wide receiver would have some of that uh dj Moore after the catch type ability but i don't know that i necessarily see that maybe i need to look closer i don't have a strong opinion on jordan whittington at this point um so i don't want to act like i do he may just be like a product of you know a a, a slot receiver and steve sarkeesian system is going to be productive and if that's if we're just looking at numbers, you know, he'll be fine. But I don't know. I don't I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying I don't know if he has NFL traits. If I think he has he the has, separation ability over yeah. the middle, you know, catching ability. I just don't know. I haven't watched him that closely to make that determination. I think he has the athleticism, uh, you know, and I think he has some steps he needs to take as far as a receiver. But just in terms of athleticism, size, you know, he could be coming from this system. I think he'll get drafted. So I think he might have a shot on. Sundays uh, moving into Oklahoma here and 
this team, you know, obviously. Why? Why, why would you? Why? For what? You want to talk about Marcus Major? Would... Let's talk about Marcus Major. Yeah? Your thoughts on Marcus Major? I like Marcus Major. For what? For for what? To be a personal protector at the next level? <laughs> do you, do, can you do you get points for that? I mean, uh, I, what are we? <laughs> I think he's got size. Uh, he's got a little bit of shiftiness to him. You gotta be. You you think <laughs> I was just joking when I said that? You think Marcus Major is going to be an NFL running back? I think he gets drafted. Yeah, I mean, you know, day two, day two draft cap. No, no, I don't think. <laughs> okay, I don't think we're going to see him go t- day two. But hey, he's coming from Oklahoma. You never know. Um, no, nah, I mean, I think he gets drafted. I think he'll end up on a roster. Will he be fantasy relevant? Probably not. But you know what's funny is I, Eric Gray looks better than he did last year. Yeah. Now he's not what we thought he was going to be when he went to Oklahoma and we watched that spring game and he was lining up in the slot and we were like, oh snap, Lincoln Riley has Eric Gray now. But he's better than what he showed last year. And he has an all-purpose skill set. Stranger things have happened than a player like that becoming fantasy relevant, especially when you can, you know, take dump offs and run between the tackles a little bit. I don't know that he has any particular trait that he can hang his hat on, but he will get drafted. Now he's a day three guy. He's a, probably a sixth or seventh round draft pick. But um, if you have him in C two C. You could do worse than having a guy that's going to, you know, fight for a roster spot uh, for a team who has an all-purpose skill set. Maybe he's a kick returner. Maybe he gets his own special teams, find his way up there. Yeah, I mean, you, something you talked about on uh, College Fantasy Tonight, and I think maybe even the tailgate too. You've mentioned it at least once or twice that day three running draft capital for running backs isn't necessarily yes. what it is for wide receivers. It's kind of a death knell yeah. for wide receivers, running backs. We see guys like Damian Pierce all the time, uh, you know, who weren't necessarily productive in college, get drafted, and then end up having an actual role at the NFL level. So why not Eric Gray? Why not? Well, look at let's look at your your um, running back rankings this week in the NFL. Damian Pierce, fourth round pick. Ramondre Stevenson, fourth round pick. Austin Eckler. Undrafted free agent, Aaron Jones, fourth round pick, Jamal Williams, fourth round pick, James Robinson, undrafted free agent, Jeff Wilson, undrafted free agent. I mean, yeah, it's not a death knell. And Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Pierce are just in the last two years. So I, the NFL has changed where the, if drafted the second round, it's the first round for running backs. If you get, if you, if you are a third, uh, Alvin Kamara, third round pick. If you get um, a, a third-round uh, draft capital, then a team has a plan for you. But it doesn't mean they don't have a plan for you if you are a fourth- or fifth-round draft pick. I think we need to stop considering day three guys, especially those fir- first uh, two rounds, like we just cut them off like they don't have a chance. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with, like you said, do, does the offense have a plan for them? Or is this just kind of kind of gonna kind of be another body in that backfield like we've seen the 49ers running backs? You know, they churn through these running backs that they draft, you know, third round, fourth round, you know, Trey Sermon, not even on the roster anymore. Tyrion Davis Price, you know, what he's not doing anything. None right of now. none of whom are guys that we actually liked. Yeah. Tyrion Davis Price, Trey Sherman as a company, we did we were not super high on those guys. No, nope. Uh, you know, so yeah, if the right offense takes them, they have a plan. Uh, day three guys can definitely be productive there. 
Um, I think that's about enough of Oklahoma talk. Uh, there wasn't really much else to talk about in this game here. Especially you don't want to talk Dylan about Gabriel. Jaleel Farouk? No, no Jaleel Farouk. No Drake. <laughs> no Drake Stoops talk. No. Braden let's Willis. Do five minutes. The tight end. Let's do. Let's do, let's do five minutes on Stoops. I, I don't I don't even know if Bob Stoops could talk five minutes on uh, Drake Stoops. Um, moving into the LSU Tennessee game here. This is the game that I did have to cover for college fantasy tonight. Uh, and this game turned bad real quick. Um, you know, Tennessee LSU fumbles that opening kickoff. Tennessee scores three and out. Tennessee scores again. And this just got out of hand quickly here. Hendon Hooker, though. Uh, looked really good in this one. He clearly is a very strong command of this offense. Uh, you know, he looks, he's mobile. He's got some arm talent here. What's the ceiling for Hendon Hooker? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think Heupel runs this weird offense where they run their, they have their, their uh, outside wide receivers line way up out, outside of the numbers, like super wide, a super wide split. And they pretty much get one-on-ones. And if it's there, they throw these nice lofting passes to them. Um, So it's somewhat of a gimmicky system and not an NFL system. And I think it's you who said that on college fantasy tonight. I think you said that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, the, and the fact that he hasn't had an NFL quarterback translate, but it's who, I mean, the only opportunity would have been what McKenzie Milton, Drew Locke. Um, he, Drew Locke? Uh, he was at okay. Mis- yeah, he was at Missouri. Heupel was the OC at Missouri with when Locke was there. Okay, okay. And I don't even think that Hendon Hooker has like the physical tools that Drew Locke does. No. And Drew Locke was a second round pick. Yeah. So what's yep. the question? Can he be the quarterback three? Yeah, but the quarterback three in this class might be a third round draft pick. So if that's so, yeah, maybe he could be the quarterback three, but that doesn't mean he's going to be drafted on day one. No, I think the the biggest problem for Hendon Hooker is, like you said, the system he's coming from, it's kind of gimmicky. It's not going to translate well to the NFL. He's going to have to learn an NFL type of a system. He's going to have to learn how to play quarterback inside of that type of a system. And he's already at an advanced age. He's already 24. So he doesn't have the luxury of being this younger guy who can sit there behind somebody and learn and develop and then eventually step in as a starter at 24 i mean his shot if he were if let's say he were to get drafted in the first round which i don't think is going to happen if he gets drafted in the first round he's 29 when he comes off of that rookie contract i mean that is you know he's, he's like a one maybe two contract kind of a guy are you saying best. 24 is old are you saying it's old uh Can- <laughs> can we do a can we do a brief aside? A very brief aside. Yeah. You guys know I'm like a freaking squirrel. <laughs> I had a great marketing idea and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Um I suggested I was going to try to walk on to <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to try to I looked into walking on to the UFL football team. I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I looked into what it would like if I only had to take one night class to be eligible to <laughs> to, uh, uh, to to walk onto the team. I was one hundred percent going to do it, and we were going to document all this and use it as a marketing. Were you going to change your name too? I changed my last name to. I was going to legally change my last name to Campus to Ken, and it was going to be the greatest story in the country. Thirty, and I think I mean I'm. 
six foot two twenty six, something like that. I mean, I can play linebacker at least on special teams. He's playing yeah, you... play corner at Grand Grand Valley. I I don't have that speed anymore, but I would be a fast line. And I've gotten to seventeen point two miles per hour on the Woodway. Anyway, I thought it was even a little faster than that. You no, seventeen point two. Okay, seventeen point two is my person. Is I'm trying to get to eighteen. Oh, okay, I'm trying to get to eighteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but seventeen point two is my is my my highest uh my highest so far. I, I haven't done it in like a month though. I haven't tried to go all out. Anyway, this is going to be the greatest marketing campaign that we've come up with since we've you know bought jerseys to give away. But no, twenty four is not that old. It probably is old for an NFL draft pick. Anyway, that's my side. Probably is old for an NFL draft pick. Honestly, I think the ceiling for Hendon Hooker is a you know, a guy like a Kirk Cousins, a Jimmy G who goes somewhere in like the third or fourth round sits for a year or two and then, you know, falls into a starting lineup and then is maybe league average. I think that is his ceiling. Um, don't think he's going to be the QB three in this class. We're going to have to keep looking. There are other players, though, on Tennessee who may have an NFL future here, uh, including running back Jabari Small. Uh, is he a guy that you see playing on Sundays at all? No. Uh, wow. No, not not at all. Um, so I know that you guys were excited about him last year. Uh, so I was I was watching in anticipation of his his uh, this question. I went back and I watched him. He's a high cut, high hip runner. He has the requisite size, but he's not a tackle breaker like at all. He does not make people miss. He simply doesn't. He has 11 missed tackles forced on the season. Just for comparison, Bijan Robinson leads the country. He has 49. Mayan Williams, my boy, has 26. Who's down there with guys who don't have 11 broken tackles on the season? Somebody named Garvin Garcia from Kent State. Uh, King Doru. Bryce Williams from Minnesota. Marcus Carroll from Georgia, from Georgia State. Your, your boy Travion Cooley from uh, here at U of L, at U of L, uh, Pat Garwell from Boston College. You know who's you know in this this you know who else is on this list? And it it's when you think about it, it's scary. Is Travion Henderson only has eleven missed tackles forced on the season? Now, part of that is the fact that he is he's been um, injured, but the other part is is. I've, I've called him Reggie Bush, and this is why. He is a speed back that you get in space, but he ain't breaking through a whole lot of tackles. Now, he can defeat tackles with angles. Like, it's hard to get an angle on him because he's so damn fast. But as, but, but as far as, like, in between the tackles, making people, you know, lowering his shoulder and all that kind of stuff, that is not his game. So it's crazy when you look at this. I'm just going to – it's only a few guys. I'm going to make sure just read them all. These are the players that have 11 uh, – Missed tackles forced on the season. King Doru, Greg Gardner, Greg Gardner from uh, Louisiana Tech, Garvin Garcia, Marlon Gunn, Bryce Williams, AJ Allen, Marcus Carroll, Ty- Tyrell Robinson. And I know that people don't get these names, but that's the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Byron Bradford, Travion Cooley, Devin Neal. That's scary. Devin Neal, Jabari Small, Travion Henderson, Tony Mathis Jr., and Pat Garwell. Uh, so, you know, he. I, he has no traits that I think are just other than the fact that he can catch the ball relatively well. But when you watch him, he's comfortable letting the ball into his body and he catch and he snugs it. He's not someone who goes out there and plucks the ball. So I wouldn't even put his, you know, uh, 
his catching ability as far as a check mark in his corner as far as an NFL draft draft pick. I'd like to hear maybe you have a different perspective, but that that's you know, in the 15 minutes that I watched him before this this show, that's what I saw. I mean, I think that's a pretty good assessment there. I, I think I hadn't looked into the missed tackles forced, honestly. I mean, I looked at his size, he's got good size, solid athlete, catches the ball. Um, you know, but if you are that big, 215 pounds is huge, is really big for a college running back. Yeah. You should be a somebody who runs through people, who pushes the pile, but you see him come into contact quarterback and just fall backwards. Not an NFL player. Not right. a, not a, not even a draft pick. Not even an NFL draft pick. Not even an NFL draft pick. If you have Jabari Small, sell him after this big game that he just had here. Uh, at the wide receiver position, uh, maybe a little bit more hope here on these draft picks. I mean, Cedric Tillman uh, was out with this one, reportedly had tightrope surgery on his ankle. Uh, he is not going to be back this week. Um, we've heard, you know, maybe like two weeks uh, might be something we're looking at there. But Brew McCoy, uh, the guy that everybody left for dead at USC, coming to Tennessee, Chris Kay's guy. Drew McCoy steps up in this one. Jalen Hyatt also had a nice game here in this one. Uh, you know, obviously we love the production out of these Tennessee wide receivers. We talked a little bit about their scheme and how, you know, they line up way outside the numbers. It's a lot of open spaces here. Do you see any NFL future for McCoy or Hyatt? Hyatt definitely, because when you go to the NFL combine and run a four two four, I mean you're going to, you're going to get drafted. Uh, he could be a, a Khalif Raymond type. So um, for for Jalen Hyatt, that's what I I think his potential is. Maybe he's better. Like if he if he ends up on a team that has or KJ Hamler, that type of player. Okay. If he ends up on a team with a quarterback who who's comfortable or and he gets a role, you know, stretch the defense, keep the defense honest. Probably a player who gets. 15 receptions on the season and they'll have have two long ones for a touchdown but those guys that you know they could find them, themselves with bigger roles we kind of expected big production from Jalen Hyatt after Josh Heupel went there remember yes. I mean like we, we, we thought okay Josh Heupel's gonna use this guy and he's gonna be uber productive and catching long touchdowns like he did last week and hadn't really been there yet but he's what a junior he's a junior yeah. damn is he yeah. already a junior Yep. It was already it was already four years ago. He was playing in that that Carolina All Star game with my man, the quarterback from uh, from East Carolina, who's a fullback playing quarterback. What is that dude's name? Mason Garcia. Mason. Oh. He and Mason, he and Mason Garcia are are from the same area in the Carolinas, and they played in that All Star game. Anyway, um, what was the question? I lost my train of thought. As, <laughs> as far as see, it's uh, yo no no he's a. Uh, He's an NFL player. Jalen Hyatt is because he's going to have the speed and he's going to get drafted. It's going to be day three. Um, so Travis Kelsey scores again. Man, I am smashing Nelly. If Nelly listens to this, Nelly, I am smashing you. I am smashing you, Nelly. I do think uh, Nelly's a listener. I'm not. I, I'm, listen I, I, to the Debbie Marketplace hosted by our two good friends, Shane Hallam and uh, Kane Fassell. And Nelly is also on that on that podcast. <laughs> Nelly also there. Um, not much to talk about here with LSU in this one. Just bad. Jaden Daniels has not progressed since his freshman year. Uh, he does not look good at all. This whole team looked a little rough. 
even Keishon Boutte, you know, they schemed him a couple touches like on the first series, first series or two, and then nothing. Not even targeted after that. Uh, Malik Neighbors had a decent day, though. Six catches for 80 yards, all things considered. Not too shabby, but Malik Neighbors has had a couple nice games so far this year. Uh, he's doing pretty well in and, and a couple of keep. He's a player that the numbers, that Jarek's numbers have kind of pulled out when Jarek posts his, I don't know how often Jarek posts those like, like by the numbers reports yeah, or whatever. I think but it is Malik, a weekly. Malik Neighbors. Yeah, it has popped out in those. But I just want to talk, I just want to say this about Keishon Boutte. I would bet all the money that I have that his agent has had to have a conversation with him about, yes, you do have to play the rest of the season. <laughs> it could take your, your draft capital. I'm sorry, but you have to stick it out for now. You can you can skip out on the bowl game, but you have to play the rest of this season, the regular season. I guarantee <laughs> that they've had that conversation. Yeah, he looks um, a little disinterested at times out there. Uh, you know, there were rumors of him transferring, and, and maybe he should have actually done that. Because this offense with Brian Kelly and Jaden Daniels at the helm, not particularly good. Um, that's about all we need to talk about for LSU here. UCLA and Utah. This one, pretty interesting game here. DTR, another nice game. Um and he's quietly had a really nice season here this season. Um, obviously, DTR not a NFL draft prospect here, is he? I mean, I, I think at this point in his career, we know what he is. No, he's not. I mean, he's not a like a starter. He he may get drafted and be a Kellen Mond type uh, on a roster as a third string practice squad guy, or maybe even a, ba- a backup. I feel like the NFL is uh, is. Um, uh, wants more veterans in their backup positions and, and maybe rookies on the practice squad. But yeah, yeah, he's an NFL player. It's just what caliber of NFL player is he? He's probably a day three guy. Yeah, I mean the raw tools and as it is should probably get him drafted at least somewhere, just purely on potential. Um but I think like I said, I think at this point we kind of know what he is. He is most definitely not the QB three that everybody is looking for. But somebody that I think has NFL potential here, uh, Zach Charbonnet, he has another good game here in this one. 22 carries, 198 yards, and a touchdown against a pretty solid Utah defense here. Uh, This is his third straight game over 100 yards. Um, He's had four total on the year here on this one. Um, I know that I am a big Zach Charbonnet fan here. What are your thoughts on Charbonnet? in terms of NFL future. I am guilty of emphasizing or sometimes focusing on what a player cannot do as opposed to focusing on what skills they actually have. And Zach Charbonnet is a, he's not laterally agile, but he is a big, fast, straight line runner. At least that's what I see from him. And, and, and he's, and there's a, there's a position for that type of player in the NFL. Now, I think I knocked him because, you know, Jim Harbaugh didn't want him. And then I knocked him because he um, came back for his senior year. And if he was really that dude. And I think I also knocked him because he's from California. And I just don't believe <laughs> California plays terribly good uh, uh, football. Me and Kevin Coleman had this conversation. Um, so there is a place for him. Now, I think people are going to put him in the on day two. I don't think that he's a day two player. Um but you know what's he going to weigh in at? Two thirty? 
He's going to weigh at 230? Probably like 225, yeah. Um, and he's going to – but he, he's a bigger – but he's tall. Like, he's a taller yeah. running back, you know, and he's probably going to run a four, sub four or five, and he's fine catching the ball. At that position, you need bodies, you know. You need bodies who can who can carry the load and pass block and catch the ball, and who cares – if you don't have like, you know, some elite trait, get, does Gus Edwards have some elite trait? No, but when he comes back, he's still going to be somebody that you might start in a flex because of the offense that he's on. So is he there on the Gus Edwards spectrum as far as players that you should care about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's on the the Brian Robinson spectrum as well. There, you know, he's there, coming back yeah. for for Washington as well. I don't think he has an elite trait to hang his hat on either, but takes a coaching staff that really likes that type of a player and is willing to use them. And I think Charbs can absolutely be that. Plus, like you said, you know, that two, checking in at 225, running a sub four or five, like the NFL is going to like that. Um, so I, but I've beaten the Charbs train to death here a little bit. Um, Utah's offense on a week to week basis has been pretty perplexing here. Very up, very down. They do target the tight ends a lot here. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Dalton Kincaid uh, or not, but I think Dalton Kincaid is will translate to the NFL better than his counterpart, Brant Keithy. Now, Brant Keithy out for the year, so we are going to see Dalton Kincaid in a little bit more of a role, but I think he's more of a traditional tight end than Keithy is. I I, I don't have a whole bunch of thoughts. I mean, I can't look. We, I, I got to get ready for shows. <laughs> you you want me to go look at a Utah tight end? I mean, I I mean, I of course I know you know Dalton Kincaid is there as a candidate to be an NFL draft pick at that position, but it will be the off season until I you know give a more thorough look at Dalton Kincaid when you all will want me to do that and look at freshmen for the upcoming season. So I'll have to figure out how to do both now. Uh, so no, Tavion Thomas though. Tavion Thomas is what we expect of Utah running backs at this point. So he's going to get drafted probably sixth round, fifth or sixth round. But again, just like Charbon, there is a place for big between the tackles grinders. He's going to be a touchdown dependent player. He's going to be a guy that gets 13 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown maybe. Um, but Tavion Thomas, he's, he's an NFL draft pick. Is he is he a Zach Moss type of guy? Because that's I mean I think I know it's scouting the helmet a little bit, but 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 there no no it's it's schools recruit like similar style play. Look at look at uh, Iowa State with type of wide receiver that they get. Your boy um, Xavier Hutchinson, Alan Lazard, that dude that that Hakeem everybody Butler. had wide receiver <laughs> Hakeem Butler like they're these long rebounders you know uh, you know uh uh the Shanahan's they like speed at the position whatever they don't care what you do as long as you're fast that's what they want no coaches recruit a certain style look at Michigan for years Michigan never had like a dual threat quarterback for years for years until they had Denard Robinson because they want a certain they want a certain thing. So that's not we can say it's scouting the helmet, but there's a reason why Zach Moss and Tavion Thomas, Tavion Thomas look similar because they come from the same place and they those coaches want the same things in their players from year to year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh speaking of, you know, wanting the same thing year to year here, USC with another wide receiver 
that's looking like they could be taken early in the draft here. They had Drake London, Michael Pittman, uh, new system, but still having production from the wide receiver position. Jordan Addison, uh, he was injured in this one. He, he returned, needs to be monitored a little bit here. It didn't really have the best day. And we can kind of get into his draft stock in a little bit. But um, your boy Mario Williams had a nice game here in this one. Uh, with Jordan Addison potentially looking like, you know, maybe they shut him down for a little bit if they don't need him. Um, does Mario Williams have an opportunity to step up here? Well, we we saw Mario Williams and Caleb Williams' connection in that spring game before Jordan Addison got there. And, and my eyes kind of lit up because I've been a Mario Williams fan pretty much from the from the beginning. I know he's, t- you know, tiny, but I just like his skill set. Yeah, if Jordan Ad- but Jordan Addison came back into the game. He did. Mm-hmm. I don't think he he, I don't think he's going to be still in productive particular. No, I don't yeah, think I don't... so. It's something to keep an eye on at, at least. But I would expect him to play. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't have anything else to say. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Um, on the other side, here I know that's like my job is to always have something more to say, but. Jordan Addison is always getting behind defenses. I mean, he is all like he is always streaking behind cornerbacks and safeties. I'm like, who do, do y'all watch tape? Like, who what is your game plan for this dude? Um, moving to the other side of the ball here, we got Washington State. Uh, Cam Ward yes. started off the yes. season a little shaky, but he has yes. been steadily improving here. Each week, yes. I know you were a big Cam Ward guy here. Um, do we uh, are we liking what we're seeing from Ward now that he's finally settling into the the Power Five level? Cam Ward reminds me of short area Zach Wilson. So oh. Zach Wilson would do all this scrambling, and then he would you know go off platform and throw the ball sixty yards downfield. Cam Ward will do that in one, either throw it right to a safety or three or two, throw it seven yards downfield. He'll scramble all around and throw it seven yards downfield. Um, here are my thoughts on Cam Ward. Actually, let me, uh, cause I actually did, I, I'm not just goofing off here. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, I said on Twitter, I said that he reminds me of trying to chase a chicken because of, you know, the one trait that he has, that I would even say is elite is his imp- ability to improvise, his ability to evade pressure. And you, I think a player only needs a couple of traits to warrant further development and investment from either an NFL coaching staff or a college coaching staff. It's the same issue we have with, with Anthony Richardson. Does Anthony Richardson have enough to warrant further investment and development? the player doesn't need to have all the tools or ability to command more opportunities. We think of baseball, five tool players. And I think that sometimes in fantasy and Debbie and C2C, we want a player to have all of the things in order to consider them good or to be a potential um, fantasy relevant NFL player. That's not true. You can have one or you can have two tools that get you through while you develop the others. Spencer Page Petrus. No, no tools whatsoever. Not worth, <laughs> not worth the investment from even a college a coaching shot staff. at Iowa. <laughs> yeah, not even not worth, not worth uh, a college coaching staff. But Cameron Ward has a few. He's an elite improviser. His ability to evade pressure, 
the short and intermediate game. He can also do, you know, the baseball throws and throwing off platform. Joe Burrow and Russell Wilson are players who weren't five-tool players. They don't have opposite hash arm strength. Tom Brady, not a five-tool player. He's not an elite athlete. He's a field processor. He's a good decision maker. So Cam Ward... Yeah, he start, he he throws the ball to the other team when he is staring at that area for a good three, four seconds, which I don't understand. <laughs> but he has enough that he, he should have a longer leash to see if he can work that out of his game. I don't think that he's coming out in 2000 with this draft class. This is his first year at the FBS level, and we've seen him get better every year. The, the next step for him is to do things on time because there's way too many plays where he's holding the ball like for seven seconds because he wants to play this play, this playground game. But if we can get him to one, to do things on time, have a three-step drop and get the ball out. And then two, let's develop that intermediate game. Those passes between, you know, eight and 15 yards. And let's develop, develop that deep game. Uh, those, those, those rainbow passes down the sideline. Let's see if you can get some of those and get players open. So let's continue to watch that. Let's continue to watch it and see, but he has that, he had that ability to evade pressure warrants further opportunity, further investment, you know, maybe go see a quarterback coach, go to that 3d QB camp that Zach Wilson went to during the pandemic with uh what's his name? Dan, what's that dude? What's I forget? Is it Josh Beck? I think it's, I think it's Beck who runs that place in California or go see George Sounds Whitfield right. or go see my man who did, works with uh, Cam Newton and all these guys. I forgot that, that dude. Quincy name. Avery, Quincy Avery, go see him, but continue to work on your craft. And we could see some of these things um, develop in his game. These, these players can improve. Look at Geno Smith. Geno yeah. Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Look at Josh yeah. Allen. Josh Allen from year one to where he is now. Look at Lamar. Ja- Remember Lamar Jackson in that playoff game? He couldn't compl- complete a pass, and everybody was like, "Ooh, this is this is bad. <laughs> this is bad." And Lamar Jackson's now an MVP. Like these players can improve at any level. So whatever you think the flaws are for Cam Ward, that's that's yeah. We can admit that there are flaws in his game, but boy, he has something that's worth looking into. He has something that's worth looking into, and it's that improvising ability. Yeah, I think you said it really well earlier in the show here that it's it's time to necessarily stop looking at what a player can't do and look at what they can do and how that's going to translate and if there's going to be a plan for that skill set at the next level. And I think Cam Ward, we're going to need to see it for the rest of this year, a little bit in 2024 there as well. But, you know, he could be another chip in this 2024 QB class that is looking much stronger than this 2023 class so far. Um, two other little notes here on week six. Uh, Israel Abanaconda with a historic record here breaks um, Tony Dorsett's record for the most rush yards and touchdowns in a game for one of the Pitt Panthers. Tony Dorsett, Hall of Famer, um, he ran for 320 yards and six touchdowns. Absolutely insane. Um, phenomenal game here from him. He's taking a huge role in this offense. Now, Rodney Hammond started the season as the running back one and he got hurt, but Izzy Abanaconda has taken off ever since. Is Izzy Abanaconda going to relinquish this bell cow role and 
does Izzy and Avanaconda have an NFL future? I think that he has an NFL future. I don't think that he um, – what was the word you used? Does Relinquish? He Relinquish. I went to public school, so you have to <laughs> you have to use. You know. um, no, let go. No, yeah, I don't think that he relinquishes the uh, the role because I mean the team would not. Coaches like when you have a performance like that, like the players know, the locker room knows, and it's like, all right, we want to win games. And Izzy Abanacan, I think he's shown this over multiple weeks that he is the best option option, not only in that backfield, but on the team, they should be emphasizing him in the game plan. I don't know why they have been so inconsistent with that. Sometimes it's a player not grasping all uh, aspects of the playbook because usually it's a trust issue and the coaches are like, all right, we can't put you in certain situations, but um, yeah, I don't think that he gives the job back because I, I, I think that that would rub the locker room the wrong way after a performance like this. And not only like this, like he hasn't had a performance where he scores six touchdowns and runs for 300 yards, but he has from, <laughs> he has had some damn good performances this year and last year. So it's about time for him to get the ball. And if you're, if Pitt wants to win games, emphasize him in the game plan. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost to Georgia tech uh, last week. He only had 10 carries in that one. That's the only game that he doesn't have 20 or more carries in um, besides week one. And coincidentally, they lost that one. So, yeah, absolutely. Best option for this offense. Completely agree there. Speaking of uh, performances from this week, Quentin Johnson finally shows some signs of life here in this one. Just a week after we were talking about, is Quentin Johnston dead? What is going on with Quentin Johnson in this offense? Um, and he finally delivers here on this performance. Is this the wake-up call that we needed here? Or is this kind of a flash-in-the-pan performance that we've seen a couple times last year, like that Oklahoma game? And then he's going to disappear again. I don't think Quentin Johnston is a flash-in-the-pan because of how versatile his game is. There aren't a whole lot of six foot four wide receivers playing at any level who, who are legitimate threats after the catch, who make people miss after the catch. I think you expect those guys. I mean, even, even as, as much as we like Marvin Harrison Jr., have you seen him have some sort of great run after the catch this season yet? I don't, I don't think so. Um, he's like a, He's a, a great player at the catch point. Quentin Johnston has that. Quentin Johnston has that, you know, I can go up and get the ball and play the above. The, I mean, he had the great touchdown uh, catch where he got one foot he got one foot down and the ball went over his shoulder. But he can also high point the ball. We saw it last year against Oklahoma when he kind of go over that. and remind me of uh, Braylon Edwards when Braylon Edwards played Michigan State for anybody over the age of 30 who remembers that game. Um, <laughs> anyway. But no, he's not a they have to get him the ball. And I feel like I, I feel like I said this on a show where I said a player like that, you need to get them involved in the screen game on short stuff, something that easy just to get the ball in their hands because it's almost like a free throw shooter, a, a three-point shooter who wants to get him rhythm getting to the foul foul line, a score getting to the foul line and just getting free throws. Just get the ball in their hands. That's what they did with Calvin Johnson very early on in his career. We you know, we, we couldn't get him open out on the perimeter. They moved him into the to, to, into the slot, give him a two-way go, get him bubble screens, get just get the ball in, in his hand, have, have him make plays. And that's what they did early in this game. He caught that like hitch route and then ran ran it 
30 yards or whatever and made somebody miss. It's it's hard for a player like that to be a flash in the pan if they are a part of the game plan because it's so easy to scheme for that sort of player. You don't have to just say set hut and throw the ball. That's all you got to do. Like just <laughs> like that you know what I mean? Like it's hard to it's hard to when 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 a when any player who can make people miss in space, it's easy to game plan for them if you choose to. So the coaches just have to choose to. But no, I yeah. don't think that he's a flash in the plan. He never – I mean, I think I dropped him maybe a, maybe like one spot when he was had that lull, but he was still a top 10 wide receiver for me. I mean, you were in the uh, in the minority there. I saw a lot of people dropping him out, myself included. Um, you know, and I think my slight concern now is, okay, we saw this big performance here, but is he a guy that you have to manufacture touches for? Is he a guy – or is he a guy that can actually get open on his own? Not that it's necessarily a huge knock uh, if you have to manufacture touches for him, but it's a little bit more system dependent if he's a guy that you have to manufacture touches for versus actually being able to separate, create for himself. So someone can mean any number of things when they say get open. They can mean, are you a slot wide receiver who knows space and perception when you're running against zone it could mean you know are you an outside or a perimeter wide receiver who gets off a of press are you s- someone even if you get off a of press and you're running a dig route your cuts are so, are so sharp that corners have a hard time you know keeping track of you in man i haven't watched him close enough to know all right can he run routes against man coverage does he know um, uh, space and making himself available to the quarter cornerback in zone. Does he know, you know, uh, uh, is he an intelligent route runner versus different defenses? I don't know enough of that yet, but like we said with Cam Ward, talk about tools. Quentin Johnston can play the above the rim game. He can play the, the, uh, after the catch game. Those and that dude's strides are so long. I mean, they say that you run a like a like a four four or less if you run if you run it in seventeen steps. I think that's the number. I think it's like seventeen or twenty. It's either seventeen or twenty. That dude could probably do it in four because his his, his strides are are so damn long. So all that to say that you know I think that he's going to go to the NFL Combine and run very fast, probably jump very high. I would think so, uh, given how he's played some of these games. Um, so I've lost track of what the questions are. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, maybe this is a stepping stone game for him where they figure out what works for him. And I'm telling, I'm t- like, I'm telling Sonny Dykes, like what works for him is just get the ball into his hands. You don't have to r- scheme him up on some play action race concept and run him over the field. No, just, just get the ball into his hands. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for week six review here. Um, we'll get into some stock up, stock down. Before we do, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can find all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for some additional NFL or CFF content, uh, and you want to sign up over there, Fantasy Points, use promo code CAMPUS22. Gets you 10% off of your membership over there. Uh, stock up, stock down here. Uh, You're doing a great can... job, Colin, by the way. Oh, You're doing a great you. job. 
And I know that Austin wouldn't tell you that. I need to he tell doesn't. you that. You know what? The audience thinks so. Thinks I appreciate, so. You do a great job. I appreciate that. Thank you. Austin doesn't give me enough credit uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, but stock up, stock down here. Um, first stock up for you here, and you can go CFF, C2C, Devi, whatever you're thinking here. Who's a big stock up for you after this week? Um, I guess this is a Devi and C2C call. Is it Jameer Gibbs is my stock up. Now, I think after his first couple of games at Alabama, people were a little bit scared, like, oh, is this just a catch-the-ball-in-space player? You know, is he um, a, a theoretic type? Maybe he's not a rusher because he's 200 pounds. But we've seen in the last two games without Bryce Young healthy, they needed to lean on somebody, and they've leaned on Jameer Gibbs in the running in the rushing game. 206 yards against Arkansas, 154 yards uh, last week against te- Texas A&M. And that Texas A&M, I mean, they got five stars all over the place in Texas A&M. He's leading the team in rushing and in receptions, uh, and so and people are saying that he's not the a, a top two or three running back in this class, I think he is. And it's not just his passing ability. This dude is a slasher. He would be great in his own system. I would love to see him in San Francisco. Would love to see him in San Francisco. I would love to see him in 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 um uh Atlanta too. Quite yeah, frankly. I, would, I would. I would love to see him like in Atlanta. Him, <laughs> I would like to see him in Atlanta. I mean, he's he's from uh, damn, he's from Dalton. He's from Dalton, Georgia. He's from Dalton, Georgia. So uh, I would like to see him there. But Jameer Gibbs is my – it's almost like a stock the same because, for me, he was always the number – I had him – for part of the, the offseason, I had him as my RB1. Now, he's my <laughs> RB2. I mean, I just – I wanted my boy to be RB1. But he's RB – he's definitely RB1 in this class. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's RB2 as well. I'm still on the Jameer Gibbs RB2 train. I know Zach Evans is getting Shout out to the here. Jameer Gibbs haters, Noah Hills – Nate Marquise, who else is on that train? That Jameer Gibbs hate train. Austin, Austin know. has now jumped Austin, Zach Evans above Austin, him, I believe. Shout out to all three of them. Yeah, um, my stock up here is more from a C two C C F F perspective, uh, and that's Baron Morton, quarterback for Texas Tech, the guy that I've been hyping up a little bit this off season. Uh, he had a fantastic game here in this one. Um, he gets the start over a healthy, over a healthy Donovan Smith, who had been the starter there. Now Donovan Smith had one pass attempt, played a little bit of wide receiver. Bear Morton comes in, throws uh, thirty nine for sixty three for three hundred and seventy nine yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He also adds forty six yards and a touchdown on the ground, uh, which I think is not something that we were necessarily expecting from him. I don't think that's going to be a weekly occurrence, but. 379 yards in a Zach Kittley offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is 62 pass attempts to Nate Marquise and, uh, and, and Jared Balmgren were talking about him on um, uh, chasing the natty today. Um, and, and Nate said something about the fact that like, he, this is a first time starter and you had him throw the ball. 62 times. shows a lot of confidence uh, in Morton. I agree. And the, for, you know, people who have, who have been listening to Debbie debate from the beginning, we had Alan true on, like in our in our first in the first couple of months, Alan True from Twenty Four Seven Sports, and we were like, "Who's a lower ranked guy? Somebody a three star that we should pay attention to?" And he highlighted a lot of Baron Morton. So Baron Morton getting his first start for dang. I wish you, I knew I knew that you should draft all three quarterbacks for Texas Tech. I knew that you should. 
Like I knew that you should do like you're gonna go take you're gonna take the third stringer for Texas Tech or go take Hank Bachmeyer for Boise State. No, you should have drafted all three guys there for Texas Tech. And I you know what my problem is is I drafted Tyler Shuck and Donovan Smith. Like every, I all drafted those two, and I let somebody else draft Barrett Morton. That's my loss. You got to got to follow the the cotton patented Colin uh, double tap there, or in this case, a triple tap. Um, just cause this is an offense that we knew we wanted the quarterback for, uh, cause Donovan Smith, when he was about there, you know, very up and down performances, but from his fantasy perspective, it was fantastic. And we saw that from Baron Morton here in this one, he ran the offense. Well, he's going to earn himself another shot at it this week. Uh, big stock up for Baron Morton for me. Uh, who is your next stock up? If you have one. Stock up Brees Hall. How about that? Brees okay. Hall getting, <laughs> getting a, a little, run for the Jets. Getting a little canton bound in here. I like it. You you see how uh you see how I did that when I didn't have another stock up? You see how quick I was? You were that you're professional with Brees Hall. Absolutely professional. An absolute professional. I should have included I should have you know done my homework before the before the show today. But it was a last minute uh, last last minute prep. That's all right. Um, pulling Brees Hall out there, definitely a stock up. Um, but my second stock up here is Marshawn Lloyd, uh, running back for South Carolina. Uh, you know, he had had a couple of nice games here, but he had beat, been beating up on some lower competition, you know, put it up against Charlotte, against South Carolina State. And now he puts up 100 yards here against Kentucky. Uh, you know, Kentucky, not a world beater in terms of run defense. Their pass defense is better, but they're middle of the pack in run defense. They still have SEC level talent. So it was nice to see Marshawn Lloyd put up over 100 yards here. He also dominated carries in this one. You know, they had been kind of splitting carries between two or three running backs. Juju McDowell had been getting some, Christian Beal Smith. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd had 22 carries in this one. Next closest running back had five. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd also catches passes on the year, 25 catches, 149 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, Marshawn Lloyd was a high four-star prospect coming out. His number five running back in his class, the number 43 overall player in the 2019 class, offers from Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, uh, Florida, Penn State, a host of others, and goes to South Carolina. And we're finally starting to see what he could have been as a freshman before he tore that ACL. Uh, big stock up here for Marshawn Lloyd from a CFF perspective. And I think we're going to see him, uh, see his name called uh, in the NFL draft because he has the tools there. I like a lot of what I'm seeing from Marshawn Lloyd. I agree. He's healthy. That's the big thing. That's the big thing is him staying healthy here. Um, but not everybody can be a stock up. We got some stock downs here. Who do you got as your first stock down? Uh, Dominic Richardson, Dominic Richardson, who I've been a big advocate for the running back there at Oklahoma State. Um, I thought that when he got his chance, we would see, you know, visions of Chuba Hubbard. This is a very physical player who, at his best, dump trucks through uh, linebackers and cornerbacks. And he has some speed. I thought we would see him kind of running away with with, uh, you know, long runs and, and being primary back there finally in his third season. And remember, he and Zach Evans are tied at the hip. 
because Dominic Richardson was committed to TCU. Zach Evans had that, you know, tumultuous recruiting thing. Zach Evans recruited late to TCU. Dominic Richardson said, I'm getting out of here. He went back home. He went to Oklahoma State, and he's been there behind uh, Jalen Warren and uh, L.D. Nixon. Dixon? L.D. I forgot what I think L.D. Nixon. L.D. Nixon. He's been behind a a couple of guys there. And he's gotten the volume this year. His last three games, he's got 19-24, but, but against Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, he only got seven attempts. But in his last three games, he averaged 3.33 and 3.5 yards per carry. Oh, my goodness. Like, this dude has not been a fit with volume. Now, he, again, first-year first, first year starter, so maybe he could turn it around. But he has not been – he's been good for fantasy, too. You know, he scored, he's, he's been scoring touchdowns, and so he's been kind of fine. But I thought that I would see a different player. I thought that I would get, you know, a version of, of, of Chuba Hubbard with this guy kind of running through defenses, and it hasn't been that way at all. Yeah, if Dominic Richardson, you know, we thought we were going to like him here. We like the running back in Oklahoma State. Um, he hasn't – he's been okay, but he hasn't been as good as we expect. Uh, they do have a freshman, Ali Gordon that they brought in who looked pretty good in spring. You know, maybe we start to see a little bit more run out of him since uh, Dominic Richardson has been a little disappointing. Um, my first stock down here though, is Tanner Mordecai, a guy that I was very high on entering last year, uh, largely due to the fact that, you know, it was a Sonny Dykes offense. We like Sonny Dyke quarterbacks. You know, look what Max Dugan's doing here. Um, but Tanner Mordecai here in this one, uh, struggles and that was a Wednesday night game so maybe people kind of forget about that we had so much football since then it's been almost a week um, but 28 of 45 for 295 yards zero touchdowns one interception uh, they started off a little bit hot and then he just struggled to keep that offense moving we're kind of seeing that at times here throughout the year we saw it last year as well he's only completing 59 percent of his passes this year Six interceptions on the year to 12 touchdowns. Uh, pretty pretty big regression here. And we heard all offseason that this was a QB battle between him and Preston Stone. Uh, you know, it was very close. You know, in April, there were articles in August that it was very close. So Tanner Mordecai ends up winning the job here. But with SMU at two and three, and given how close they talked about that uh, competition being, Tanner Mordecai might lose his job. We might see... Preston Stone start very soon. And who else you got here for your stock down? I'm taking some, I'm taking shots at some of my guys. I'm taking a shot here at Hunter Deckers. I Hunter Deckers, the, the corner, the quarterback there at Iowa state. I was so uh, ready for hefty lefty <laughs> sl- slim down slim down hefty lefty to be the starter here at Iowa state. Um, Matt Campbell has been, you know, has had good offenses, maybe has not developed that position particularly well, but has had good productive offenses. I thought that Hunter Deckers, who was a dual threat quarterback in high school, set the uh, uh, state record for all purpose yards or yards from scrimmage there in the state of Iowa. I thought that he would be a big part of the running game. He has four rushing yards on the season. Oof, that's, that's surprising. Now I know I know that sacks are included, but he has four rushing yards on the season. I also thought that he would be an aggressive downfield passer. You know, they don't necessarily have someone that 
threatens defenses deep. You know, Xavier Hutchinson is great, but he's not that player. I think it's Jalen Noel that who could develop into that player. But he has he's he's averaging six point yard six point four yards per attempt. That's not good. That is not good. His last three games, he's had three touchdowns and three interceptions. That ain't good either. They've got Texas this week. I, I want to see them o- open it up. I think that this player, I, I still believe that this guy is talented. I still believe that he's talented, but we're not seeing it yet. Yeah, and you know, like you said, they don't have anybody on that offense to really stretch the field vertically at this point, and I think that's a big part of the problem with Iowa State. I mean, we're seeing it. The offense in general is struggling to put up points. And that's because their offense is not threatening people deep. So they they can crowd the line of scrimmage. Defenses can crowd the line of scrimmage. Now, they played some tough defenses. They played Baylor. They played Iowa. Um, you know, And they're going to get Texas here in this one. So it's not getting any easier. But, yeah, definitely uh, definitely, guy who's been struggling a little bit there. But hat tip to you for two stock downs being two of your guys. I know that last one must have been difficult. You know, you know how I am. You know how humble I am. I come with hat in hand. Hat in hand. Uh, my last stock down here, uh, Tank Bigsby, a guy that a lot of people had as, you know, RB3, RB4 in this running back class. And look, I know Auburn has been a mess, but Tank's Bigby, Tank Bigsby has one game rushing over 50 yards. Over 50 yards, one game. And it was 51 yards was the game that he had over 50. So just barely. He has been awful this year. Um, He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. Not particularly good. He's getting a little bit of receiving game work. So, you know, that is something that's nice to see at least. He's got three games with six targets. Um, So it's nice to see him round out his portfolio here a little bit. But Tank Bigsby, two years in a row now, uh, has been negative in terms of rush yards over expectation um, so he is not elevating this offense at all he's actually kind of hindering it here uh, he's also not a yards creator he, he's uh, you know about half of what you would expect to see in yards created uh, you want about three uh, for that magic line on our player plot tool on campus there and he's about 1.6 you know 1.7 ish so not creating yards, not elevating this offense, not getting any volume and production here. Um, it and, and with everybody else that has been looking good in this 2023 running back class, you know, Izzy Abanacondas, Marshawn Lloyd could come out if he wanted to. He's looked pretty good. Kenny McIntosh has been a riser here. Uh, you know, there's countless others. Tank Bigsby might get left behind here. I'm a little bit worried about him. He should have transferred, and hopefully he'll, he'll transfer this year because. You know, we're going to talk about running backs later on, and I just I don't know that he that he's going to come out in this class. But I, another stock down is the NFL's new numbering system. Change the jerseys back, <laughs> change them back. I okay, agree. I don't want to see middle linebackers wearing number five. All right, I agree. Uh, that's that's a little bit of a boomer take, though. I, I think I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I agree with it. Uh, there was a change them back. Change them back. They have it in college too. There's a defensive lineman for Florida who wears number 21, and this dude's like 350 pounds. This is a large human. No, he's four. He's 400 pounds. That okay. dude is 400 pounds. 400 pounds. Yeah. He is a large human. He should not be wearing number 21. Um, but all right, we'll move I, here. I, I don't have a problem with it in college. In college, it's been that way, but in the NFL, 
I'm, I'm tired of seeing running backs with single digit numbers. I don't even know if it's Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison who has the ball because they one where it's four, one where it's two. They both got dreadlocks coming out of their head. I'm just like, <laughs> change it, change it back, change it back. Uh, all right, we'll move into waiver wire here. And look, this is uh, it's getting pretty bleak. It's getting pretty picked through. I mean, you know, we, we've highlighted a bunch of other names. Some of the other guys might still be available. Devontae Walker, a guy we've talked about before um, for Kent State. He is still only 13% owned. I would go add him. Uh, but we don't really have any other ads this week that we haven't talked about. Uh, instead, I do have a mid-seasons move article coming out this week. It's going to be highlighting players to trade for if you're contending, players to trade for if you're rebuilding. Um, so keep an eye out for that for, for some moves. Deep league and unlimited waiver moves. I'm not really rushing to add any of these guys either, but if you have players you want to drop, a couple of guys you could add. Um, Jalen Jenkins running back for Washington State. Uh, he is 2% owned. Uh, Nakia Watson, the starting running back, was out last week. Jalen Jenkins goes for 130 yards on 13 carries, adds 54 yards on two catches. Nakia Watson already confirmed out for this week, so we're going to see another Jalen Jenkins game. And Jalen Jenkins, true freshman this year, three-star prospect. Uh, he's small, 5'8", 177 pounds, but he ran for 1,500 yards and 22 touchdowns. 26 catches, 295 yards, two more touchdowns at Allen, Texas. Uh, Allen, Texas, 6A school. Uh, that's where Kyler Murray was from. They win championships there. This is a big-time program. Uh, so maybe a little bit under-recruited, maybe a little bit due to the size. But uh, I like Jalen Jenkins as a guy to keep an eye on here. If you haven't been paying attention to Washington State throughout the year, they cannot stop talking about this guy. He is small, but he is explosive. I tweeted about him on Saturday. He should be 100% owned. He should be 100% owned because of how involved he is in all phases of the game. The passes that he caught were down the field this week. He dropped one that would have been a touchdown on one of these uh, uh, plays where Cameron Ward scrambles and, and gets the ball gets the ball out. It, it would have been a touchdown if he, if he caught it. They, just like in, in the NFL where rookies – you know, you see them start getting more responsibility, more opportunity as the season goes on. Jalen Jenkins, even if Nakia Watson was healthy, is going to was would have started eating into his touches because they have confidence in that guy. And, and again, he is explosive. He can I don't want to say he's Deuce Vaughn, but he's Deuce Vaughn ish. He's Deuce Vaughn, nope. Deuce Vaughn ish. At the very least, I think that he would be he's going to be a CFF asset next year because I think they're going to throw him the ball too. I could see him catching 20, 25 passes next year and, and being a primary running back. I, I mean, I don't, he's a, if he, if, if he was five ten, five eleven, two hundred pounds, it would be like a no brainer to add him. And we're not considering him that, or maybe because he's, maybe that's why he was under recruited because he's five eight one seventy seven. but he's a very stocky player. He's a very explosive player. This is different than like Brian Bate at um, at uh, USF South Florida. Yeah, South Florida. Brian Bate is like a, a little bit even smaller, and I think that this kid is is explosive, more explosive, and probably has a higher BMI. So I would, I if you have unlimited waivers, I would go, I would absolutely go and get this guy. The other players that uh that that Aust that uh Colin is going to talk about, he's making <laughs> he's making up names with these guys, but. <laughs> 
But uh, Jalen Jenkins, yeah, go get him. Okay, there we go. Jalen Jenkins, uh, definitely an, an ad this week then. Um, other guys that you know you could add in some deeper leagues, um, but again, not really rushing here. Braden, Brendan Brady, running back for UTSA, 15% owned on Fantrax. It's a little bit higher than what we normally have, but still low ownership there. He's four games over 20 fantasy points this year. Uh, he has double-digit carries in five of six games. He's averaging just under three targets as well. So he's getting a lot of looks. There's a pretty pass-happy offense here. Um, but when they do run the ball, they give it to Brady. If you're looking for a super cheap source of production to get you through some of these bye weeks, you could do worse than Brendan Brady. Uh, last guy that we have in the um, deep league waiver wire ad is Sedu Traore. I uh, apologize to his family if I mispronounced that one because I know I did. But tight end for Arkansas State. Somehow 27% rostered on fan tracks. I've never heard of this guy before this week. I don't believe that he's 27, 27% rostered. If you own him in a league, tweet at us on Twitter, campuscanton.com. Show us that you have him on your roster. Um, but he does have four games this year with double-digit points. Uh, the only game he didn't hit that total was uh, against Ohio State. He's got at least 60 yards in every game except against Ohio State. He's got a soft schedule coming up down the stretch. So if you're desperate at tight end, if you've had some injuries, if you had Michael Trigg who just broke his collarbone, he's out for the year and you need a fill-in, Traore is worth a look. Uh, we got two, three guys here quickly on the watch list. Devin Mockaby, uh, running back for Purdue, 1% owned. He's averaging 14 fantasy points per game. He's got double-digit fantasy points in every game except week one, but he did not play in that one. That was against uh, Penn State. Uh, he does have a really tough schedule down the stretch. Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, three straight games after Nebraska this week. But he is just a sophomore. Um, so guy to keep an eye on there in that one. Other one, Marlon Gunn running back for ECU. He is 1% owned as well. Uh, he's a true freshman. He had a couple Power 5 offers, including TCU and Florida State. Um, so, you know, talented, talented freshman, three-star. Uh, Rajay Harris the running back for ECU out for the year. Keaton Mitchell, the other running back uh, for ECU is banged up. Um, you know, Marlon Gunn stepped in in this one. He performed admirably. Now ECU does not have an easy schedule the rest of the way. So that's why I'm not recommending adding him, but I think he's worth at least keeping an eye on to see how his role develops. And then last one, we have Jacquez Stewart running back for Toledo, a 1% owned. Uh, he was a three-star all-purpose back in the class of 2019. Uh, he redshirted. He is listed as a sophomore. He's now the lead running back for Toledo. You know, all offseason, we were looking at Benny, Penny Boone, Micah Kelly, uh, who was going to be the starting running back there at Toledo, you know, given Bryant Kobach's production that they had there. Don't think we're going to see anybody get that level of production, but Stewart has had double-digit carries in each of the last three weeks, two touchdowns, uh, or touchdown in each of the last two games, and he's got Maction coming up. So that's a guy to keep an eye on here. But enough about some made-up players. Uh, we got a real player here, Bryce Young. Here in our Discord, uh, we announced earlier this week that we were going to be giving away an autographed Bryce Young football to anybody in our Discord who is in there and has their role assigned to them. So that is important as well. Uh, you have to link your account at the website to the Discord. Very simple. Click the membership box on the homepage. Scroll down a little bit. You're going to see a green button. Link your account to the Discord. 
you're already in there. If you're an NIL member at our site and you have not done that yet, you are missing out on the best part of that NIL membership. And that is the community. That is all the extra free advice that you get in there that we do not give to everybody else. Like some of Chris Moxley's betting lines, um, but Bryce Young jersey giveaway or ball giveaway here. Uh, we are going to randomly do this. We have about uh, 250 names here. So <laughs> this is completely um, random. No, I was just going to say, if you had two balls, would you be giving away Bryce Young's ball? We would be giving away Bryce Young's balls. Yeah. Um, we don't know where they are at this point, actually. He's, he's singular, he's singular ball, a singular Bryce Young ball. Uh, all right. And winner is Gump7285 in parentheses, Paul Edgington. Uh, Gump7285, Paul Edgington, uh, from our Discord here. Uh, we will announce this in the Discord as well, but uh, Paul, congratulations. You will be getting the Bryce Young ball. We will reach out to you in our Discord. We'll get that sent over to you. Uh, two topics here that came from our NIL members in our Discord. We pulled uh, for a couple questions in there. Uh, they wanted a deep look at the 2023 draft class here. Um, you know, So we'll start at the quarterback position. There's been a lot of talk about, is there a QB3 in this class? Uh, you know, Everybody's starving for one. It's a different player every single week. So Felix... Is there a QB3 in here? And if so, who is it? Is there a QB3? Well, there's definitely going to be a third quarterback taken. Yeah. Um, is there a relevant QB3? I, I think potentially, yes. I think that Michael, Michael Penix Jr. could potentially be that player. And we, we drafted Matt Corral and Sam Howell in in dynasty rookie drafts this year now yeah. it might it wasn't with the first round pick it might would have been with a second or third round pick but if michael Penning jr finds himself in in a situation where they have a weak quarterback like for example you know uh wherever jimmy garoppolo is going to start and they draft michael Penning jr to back him up if they can if you can protect michael Penning jr he is a he can make all of the throws do you, is there, do you disagree with that at all? Like, do you disagree if he can stay healthy? That this I don't is a disagree. player who could operate an NFL offense competently? He's, no, he's, I don't. He's, he's, he's more physically talented than Bailey Zappi, and Bailey Zappi just got uh, uh, an NFL win. Yeah. So I'm going to pick out of, you know, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, Tyler Van Dyke, who I think is going to, go back and, and transfer. I can't wait to write, write the transfer column. I'm going to pick Michael Penning Jr. Yeah, I mean, he is a guy that flashed before at Indiana, dealt with some injury issues. I think the biggest thing is health, and can he do anything outside of Kalen DeBoer's system? I think those are the two biggest questions on Penix. But definitely a big riser throughout the year this year. Um, yeah. But... Well, obviously, we got two quarterbacks here that we feel pretty good about. C.J. Stroud for Ohio State. Bryce Young, uh, whose ball we just gave away uh, for Alabama. Realistically here, what do you see as the ceiling, NFL or fantasy-wise, for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? This is a, a, a topic that Matt and I have talked a lot about. 
because the fantasy community has just gone crazy with dual threat quarterbacks and thinking that's what you need, whatever. CJ Stroud is not a dual threat. He's very much a pocket passer, and I don't want him – like at his be- best, he is not at his best when he scrambles. He reminds me of Tom Brady. He reminds me of Phillip Rivers. Philip Rivers more so because – I just remember Philip Rivers always throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. CJ Stroud is very good on those passes between 8 and 15 yards. They're 8 and 15 yards down the field, but that ball might travel, you know, from his hand to the wide receiver's hand anywhere between, you know, 12 and 20 yards if it's across – if you know, if it's a, on an angle or what have you. And those balls, you know, they can't travel more than 7, 8 yards off the ground, low trajectory throws. He's very good with those throws. He's very good deep. He's not great. He's not great. He's not great. Um, uh, Devontae Adams just scored a long touchdown to, to tie this game. There's no reason. We can't. We don't have to hide this. No. The game is on. The Raiders and Chiefs are playing. Derek Caught Carr just threw the coverage. long. Yes, the long touchdown to Devontae Adams. In one of the, the leagues that I care the most about, I have the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams stack. So that uh, it's looking good tonight. Means a lot. It's look. I think that just put me over two hundred points against Michael Nelson. Um, <laughs> I am killing you, Michael Nelson. <laughs> I am destroying you. Um, but he is. He could be an elite pocket passer, and if he has, I think I've. I don't know where I've said this, but he's one. I just hope that a team with a a offensive line and a supporting cast in place trades up for him the same way that the Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes. And you know who has that? You know who has that? The Detroit Lions. No. The Detroit, like the Detroit Lions would be the perfect spot <laughs> with their offensive line. Penny Sewell should be charged with assault after, after every single game <laughs> because he finds a way to be rough even in, in his pass blocking sets. And they just went for two and didn't get it. You've got to be kidding me. Um, so I, I love, I love CJ Stroud. He also has one of the prettiest spirals in college football. That ball is tight. That ball is tight. So I like him. And I then, have, huh? Go ahead. No, I was just saying. And then what, what about Bryce Young? I have a harder time projecting Bryce Young. He reminds you of Russell Wilson, but I don't know that he has the – and it's not fair to say that he had not have the deep ball that Russell Wilson does because we saw a little bit of it last year with Jamison Williams. We haven't seen any of it this year. No. But I thought that his, his game would evolve in his second year, especially with – that offense is not great. That offense is not playing great. They could use Bryce Young's running ability, his athleticism, to to spark that offense. And is he doing it? No. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. He plays the game like he's trying to prove a point, like he's trying to prove that he can be a pocket passer, that he doesn't have to be a a, a runner. But the the offense would benefit from, from his rushing, and he refuses. I worry I worry what what Bryce Young 
is going to do when he's playing for the Houston Texans next year. Who? And Nico <laughs> Collins. And Nico Collins is his, is his best um, uh, option in the passing game. With, without that, the with, – you know. Yeah, that would be probably the worst spot for him to go. And I think any quarterback going to the Houston Texans would be the worst spot we could hope for at this point. But Bryce Young would not fare well in that offense, I don't think. Um, moving into the running backs here, uh, this is a, a deep running back class. We've seen a lot of guys rise throughout the process here. Uh, you know, the running joke, everybody can get day two draft capital. Realistically, what running backs do you see getting day two draft capital in this class? I think it's four. I think it's Bean Gibb, Evan Tucker. That's who. That's all we got. You're a, you're a Sean Tucker guy. You think he goes day two? Even you know coming from oh, Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a third round pick. All right. I, There's a chance, and people are going to laugh. Well, you might laugh at me. I think that Maya Williams get to get there. I do, but he's probably a fourth round guy. But I think that it's it's those four. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that can get day two draft capital. Honestly, Devin Achain is a guy that I think, given his speed, I think he's also a much better between the tackles runner than people want to give him credit for, especially due to his size. The weight is the big concern, but guys with that kind of speed just get taken on day two. I mean, Dree Archer got taken on day two. You know, now it's a couple I of years. Even remember that? I didn't even remember <laughs> Dree Archer getting taken. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a little while, but. Yeah, I mean, guys like that, they just get taken early here. Um, but not all running backs can go on day two. What day three running backs are you keeping an eye on? Uh, so, Tegsby, if he declares, I don't think he's a day two guy. Uh, Blake Quorum, Mayan Williams. I've got Devin Ochain being a day two guy. Deuce Vaughn, um, Dwayne McBride, Tavion Tom- Thomas, Evan Hall, Chase Brown. Those are all guys who, with the exception of Dwayne McBride, because I don't think he can catch the ball at all, and, Tav- and Tavion Thomas. He's not he's not he's not catch the ball either. But these other guys, they could be fantasy relevant because they have, you know, they, they have um, uh, versatile skill sets. Even Mayan Williams. Even Mayan Williams can catch the ball. He's got more catches than Travion Henderson on the season. So those – and it's, it's a deep class. You know, we've it's got the – we got the four guys who could be RB ones or RB twos, top, and then I think I think I still think that if Tank Bigsby declares, he is a potential RB one. I think that he's a rich man's David Montgomery. That's what I've called him. Um, but I, I think there's a really good chance that he goes back. I think there's a really good chance that Blake Corum goes back. But I, but if I have a if I have a second or third round pick and I'm taking Mayan Williams, Devin Achain, Deuce Vaughn. Evan Hall, Chase Brown. Chase Brown probably a, a third-round dynasty rookie pick. I, I think I would feel good about that. Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, this is very deep running back class. So if you need your running backs here, you weren't getting them last year, get them this year. Um, how many running backs from this class do you see having NFL fantasy relevancy here? I know you talked about some pass-catching opportunities yeah. there for some of these guys. All, all of those guys I named except for McBride and Davion Thomas. Now, there we go. what is fantasy relevant? Like Jeff Wilson is fantasy relevant. I'm not saying that all of these guys are going to start your team day one or be a 
asset that you use year over year. But that is a position where opportunity is king. The more things you can do, the more opportunity that you'll have. And all of these guys that we've mentioned, besides McBride Thomas, <laughs> can do a lot of can do a lot of things. So I think that there's a potential for this is what four, five. That's like ten guys. And Deuce Vaughn is the one that I'm really curious about because I think we need to see the door opened. Like we've seen the door, we've seen Russell Wilson open the door for the small quarterback. Darren Sproles hasn't really opened the door for the small running back. But he but but he but let's say that Deuce Vaughn is drafted and he has success. I think that that boosts Blake Corum's stock if he decides to go back and comes comes out in 2024. And Deuce Vaughn is athletic enough and has a good enough skill set where if he's t- if he's he could he could be Austin Eckler. He could be Austin Eckler. You if you've listened to this show for the first time and you don't know who Deuce Vaughn is and you're a dynasty player, I'm I'm hitting the button on Deuce Vaughn like every time in the second round. Every <laughs> single time. Every single time because he's super athletic, super explosive. Very good pass catcher. Yeah. Very good pass catcher. Yeah. He's the, my biggest worry with Vaughn is the offense that he goes to. Like, I think the offense that he goes to has to have a plan for him if they draft him. But let's not think that he has to run for a hundred yards and a touchdown to be even an RB one. Right. Christian McCaffrey doesn't do that. Austin Eckler has never had a thousand yards rushing in a season. But they're they're so involved in the passing game, um. So I'm yeah. I'm pushing the button on Deuce Vaughn. Boop boop every single time. I love it. Uh, wide receivers this year, uh, you know, for all the running backs that have risen, wide receivers have kind of been falling. Um, the top two guys, you know, looking, uh, Keishon Butte, JSN, guys that we were talking about as potentially years or uh, tier zero players, you know, when we were doing our ranking summit. Uh, I know you pushed back pretty heavily on that one, right? You didn't have either of them in that in the tier zero. Oh, who? You did. I, I don't. Yeah. Think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. JSN. Oh, yeah. I was. I didn't see that. The audience didn't hear that. I pushed. Me and Matt got into a pretty big shouting match about. <laughs> and you know what? Who probably ended up being right about that? I think I ended up being right about that. I don't it's know that either that one of those guys are like tier zero to me is like this guy is we should consider him a potential hall of famer like going to have a very long career and be productive for eight nine years at the position one of the best players at the position in the nfl and i don't think that necessarily either one like jsn is a slot wide receiver so when is (laughs) when is a slot like is a slot wide receiver ever on that spectrum where he's the best wide receiver in the league now he might be the most Cooper productive. Cup? Yeah. Yeah. But how it's, rare is that? It's a slim. How yeah. rare is that that we consider a, a slot group. wide receiver to be the best? And Cooper Cup, we didn't think that before Matthew Stafford was there. No. You know what I mean? We didn't think that about him. No, he was um, just good with Jared Goff. He wasn't this player that we're seeing now. Yeah. So the question was are this year's first round prospects better than last year's? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I have to look at Boutte a little bit closer 
But to me, it's not just Butte and JSN. It's Butte, JSN, Quentin Johnston, Josh Downs. I think that those are the four potential first-round NFL wide receivers. Okay. And, and I think that I would take last year's crop over this one without land, you know, knowing landing spots. Fair enough. I would say one uh, omission from that list uh, is Jordan Addison. He's having a great oh, year. He's a bullet in the cough yeah, yeah. winner. Um, you know, what is Jordan Addison's ceiling in the NFL? Can he be a wide receiver one for the team? Can he be their lead wide receiver? You know, that kind of a guy. See, when you so when you put this question on, I was I wasn't sure what you meant by wide receiver one because some people think a wide receiver is you know a player that you your entire passing game through. And I don't think that there are 32 of those types of players uh, in the NFL. There's just a handful, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, maybe DK Metcalf, both Jamar Chase and T Higgins. And I would put, I would put Amari Cooper on that list. <laughs> I'd actually put Amari. I think Amari Cooper is a damn good, a damn good I, I agree. who's always, who's always open. Um, he just, you know, I don't know that his inconsistency is necessarily his fault. Um, can he be a wide receiver one? Yeah, I think so. I do. I do think so. It, it scares it scares me a little bit because we just saw Devonta Smith get drafted, and the Eagles thought so highly of Devonta Smith they're like, "Oh, let's go get AJ Brown." Yeah, um, trade a first round pick for him. Right. Right. So maybe they didn't necessarily think that Devonta Smith could be the man for them. So I'm a tentative. Can you be a tentative? Yes. I'm a tentative. Yes. Can you be hey, a, I, a tentative I yes hedge. Well. I hedge all the time. You can absolutely hedge yeah, on the show. That's, that's where, yeah. We <laughs> all we care about is being right. So I hedge as much as possible. Uh, but now, I care ever so slightly about being right. <laughs> Um, you listed Josh Downs as a first round wide receiver there for you. So you think Josh Downs is a guy that could go in the first round? Uh, Yeah. Yes, I do. And I've said this before. I think that the NFL missed on Tyler Lockett and I don't think that they're going to make that mistake again. Um, now, now Josh Downs is also an Elijah Moore type. And Elijah Moore went in the second round. But I think, but you know, based on, okay, his skill set, yes, he's a slot wide receiver, but you can throw it to him over the between cornerback or a linebacker and a safety. He can take a hit. He can go above players. We saw him do that against uh, Florida A&M earlier in the season. You can see him run switch routes, that stuff that gets where you get quick separation. So he's a very versatile slot. You can throw him the bubble screens. You, you want to do bubble screen city? Throw him the bubble, bubble screens. He can all do that. But the thing that I think is going to put him over the top is how he tested coming into the uh into college if he can replicate these numbers see if i can pull them up really quick he can replicate these numbers or improve on these numbers going into the nfl combine then yeah he's gonna be i think he's gonna be a a a first round prick ah, first round pick (laughs) yeah i mean the thing with oh sorry 447 447 in the 40 412 in the shuttle now this is the thing i have the the 40 times for high school kids coming coming out i sometimes question them yeah but a 41.9 inch vertical when it's hard to fake the verts it's hard to fake the verts um and that shows some explosion like when you have a fast 40 time and it's combined with 
35, 30, you know, 36, 37 plus vertical. When you get to 40, 40 inches, like 40 ridiculous. is, yeah. 40 is, ridi- 40 is like I can put my elbow in the rim. Yeah. Like Vince Carter. Sorry. So, um, and I like to see, I like to see them explosive in more than one way. The, the speed, the speed and the explosive, because to me, that's what the 40 is, is an indication of explosiveness. Yep. So I think that if he can replicate those numbers at the NFL combine, he's going to go between picks, you know, 25 and 31 in 32. All right. Uh, and well then outside of those top guys, you know, we got JSN, um, Boutte, Addison, Downs. How confident are you in your wide receivers five through 10? So we've seen some guys fall in this class so far. So this is what I did. I put a confidence rating for my okay. guys five. Through I was wondering what 10. the numbers there were. Yeah. Five through 10. So Josh Downs is, would be number five on this list, I guess, or six. I don't know. This. I'm at an eight point seven confidence on the one one to one through ten eight eight point seven, Quentin Johnston seven point five, the the rest of these guys are fives. Marvin Mims five, Jacob Cowling, five. I like Jacob Cowling, but how confident I am, I got him at a five. Parker Washington five, and I love to be some Parker Washington coming into the season, but Mitchell Tinsley is kind of, you know, eaten into because they operate in the same areas in the same spot. So after after you know I, I got I'm pretty confident in in all the way up until Quentin Johnston, but after that it falls off a little bit. Yeah, seeing uh, Jacob Cowing on that list is definitely interesting. He's a guy that uh, he's led his team in receiving every single place that he's been, and that's continuing here at Arizona at the Power Five level now. Um, so I, he's a guy that's I'm gonna have to go take take a harder look at here. Have you like really dug in on on Cowing yet? Because I have not. Only at UTEP and his high school tape. In high school, I think that Matt had him at, I know it was over 21, but it's just a matter of how close he was to 22. So it's like, and then we saw him make some of these ridiculous catches at UTEP. So he was productive, athletic. You know, all those are pluses, and now he's doing it at Arizona. So, um a deep, deep dive. No, not not at Arizona. This ranking yeah. is kind of based on what I what I saw from him at UTEP. He, he shot all the way up for me. That's high. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dive into the Arizona tape here. I watched a little bit of him at UTEP, but not not nearly enough to to feel that strongly yet on him. But uh, it's when you see him running away from defenses, and you're like, all right, what objective metrics do I have? And then you go look at the athletic measurables that Matt has on him. It's like, oh, well, that's why he's running away from defenses because, you know, he's probably the fastest person on the field. Um, so I can't wait to see his NFL combine. Yeah, that'll be definitely interesting here. And, you know, the combine is is a part of the, the draft process here that a lot of these players see a rise. Um, you know, who are some other candidates that you see as potential risers throughout this draft process this year? I mentioned Mitchell, T- Mitchell Tinsley. I think he could potentially be one, but the one that I really want to highlight is Rakeem Jarrett. Um, we probably don't give Rakeem Jarrett enough respect. I don't know that he's been as productive as he's we've wanted, but he did have 800 yards receiving last year. He came in at number 61 on Bruce Feldman's freak list, 22.9 on GPS. Now, I, 
when I these these GPS times are throwing me off because this would be like by far the fastest times in the NFL. Uh, anyway, but but remember I said you know I have when when you've got the speed plus the vertical, what's they got a vertical of forty one point three on Raheem Jared. So he could be a guy that, all right, he gets taken in the second round because of – and then he was – obviously he was a five-star prospect. Right. So, yeah. um, and, he's, and he's also slimmed down. He's went from 202 pounds to 194 pounds. And when you are, you know, decreasing body fat like that, that's a big difference. It doesn't sound like it's a big difference, but it is. Just remember Jalen we, – remember we thought Jalen Rieger was going to go run a 4-3 at the combine, but he gained yep. all that weight. He was like, well, Jalen Rieger, we thought Jalen Rieger was like 185 pounds and 205 pounds. Um, so it, it means a lot. And so I, I think it's – this is I think this question is really easy to answer. I think it's Rakeem Jarrett and, and Rakeem Jarrett because who's going to ride throughout the draft process? Well, a big part of that process is the NFL Combine, and he's, he's someone when he goes could really raise some eyebrows. Yeah, I think – uh, the combine, definitely a big part of who rises in the draft process. Another part of the process we see people rise is the senior bowl. I think there's a couple candidates this year that will be guys that rise after the senior bowl. I think those are guys like Cedric Tillman. I think that's a guy like uh, Rasheed Rice. I think both of those two guys are guys that are going to rise uh, after the senior bowl. I'll be really interested to see their uh, combine metrics um, to see if they can continue carrying that momentum post senior bowl in through the draft process, have a good combine, carry that in. And then, you know, maybe get some, some day two draft capital, like everybody likes to joke about. Um, but that is going to do it here for the 2023 class. Uh, we got the 2022 freshman class here. I also had a question uh, come about them. You know, some of these top guys that we have not seen be productive really at all uh so far here guys that we liked um guys you know we'll start here Jaden blue uh are you worried about Jaden blue um not really because there's two upperclassmen ahead of him and there's brooks there and all of those guys except for brooks are going to be gone next year now they do have is it cedric baster who's there yeah going to mm -hmm. texas yep. yeah so he'll Look compete with name an incoming freshman yeah <laughs> so he'll compete with brooks baxter and blue next year i and then remember Jadon blue didn't play football this senior year right so that's something that we're gonna have to pay attention to is these got like uh like like demand demas who didn't play his senior his senior season so am i do you i'm i'm my worry level let's let's say i'm gonna use nate marquise's scale on a scale of one to ten i'm just gonna go like a two okay not really yeah i would i would echo that as well I, I would i would say that there are some i'm not worried about him he's a hold but there are some guys that have pat like quinchon judkins obviously has passed him in my rankings so i'm not necessarily worried but there are some other guys that i like yeah um, yeah, I, we didn't expect to see anything out of blue this year, given the depth chart there. So I'm not worried about him either. I'd keep that at a two. Um, Jordan James, you know, he, uh, recruit who was originally going to go to Georgia flips to Oregon here. Uh, I believe you were a big Jordan James guy, right? I'm st I still am. Okay. I, I like these kind of bowling ball, roly poly guys who have light feet, 
you know, Ramondre Stevenson, um, Mayan Williams, and he he's one of these guys. So yeah, I like him too. Are you worried? I don't, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Okay. No, this is a freshman running back. I have three. Three. Okay. Ran, uh, now I know into each other. Wow. I'm sorry. We're watching <laughs> the we're watching the Raiders. And thank you for keeping me up because I would not have been able to watch this game. I would have fallen asleep <laughs> a long time ago. But now I got it was to a good see one. the end of it. Yeah. It was a it was a very abundant game. Um, I know you, uh, your, uh, co-host, your rival, Matt Bruning was a big Gavin Sawchuck guy. Yeah. Uh, I never liked him. Yeah. So and, are, and, are you worried about him or are you just, you were out from on him from the beginning? Oh, I thought you were talking about Matt. Oh, you mean Gavin Sawchuck. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm not a big Gavin Sawchuck guy either. Light player, speed guy on quite frankly, an offense in a program. that's not very good. So, uh, nope. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my work, but I, I'm not about him because I never had him rostered in the first place. But uh, if I did have him, I guess I'd be at a 10. I don't fair I enough. think that he was a great. So. Fair enough. Um, a couple wide receivers here. Shaz Preston, the uh, wide receiver at Alabama. We've seen a couple of wide receivers there from the freshman class. Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, both of those guys uh, no longer year one zeros. Shaz Preston. We have not heard his name really called at all. Are you worried about Chaz Preston? Yeah, because of how they continue to recruit at Alabama. Um, actually, they don't have a whole bunch of wide receiver recruits this this year. This upcoming class, if I remember correctly, not There's at not this like, time. They don't have they they do have the but, JUCO uh, guy Malik Benson coming in. Yeah, Malik Benson, but they can. Yeah, right. But there, that, that, there are so many players. I mean, there's still Christian Leary, Kobe Prentice, JoJo Earl, Corey Brooks is still there. Aaron Anderson. What happened to Aaron Anderson? He's Emmanuel hurt. Henderson. Emmanuel Henderson is not is now in the wide receiver court. So um, I think, and, and Isaiah Bond, like they, there are some freshmen that have played. Mm-hmm. We've had some fresh, freshmen play. So I would be at a nine. I'd be at a nine oh, on him. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I am worried a little bit about Preston here as well. I would put it more at like a six or a seven only because I think given, like you said, how they recruit, given all the other bodies there, uh, they are still in on some uh, other recruits in this class here as well. You know, they have not some of the guys who have not committed. I could see Shaz Preston being a guy who transfers out. So that's why I'm not too worried about him. But I do think he's going to be a year one zero. So that is going to be a bit of a concern. Um, next guy on the list here, Caden Saunders, uh, going to Penn State here. Uh, we have not seen too much of him this year. We have seen some Omari Evans, who was a three-star guy, lower rated, a guy who really made a name for himself on special teams and has kind of parlayed that a little bit into some on-field uh, wide receiver work, has jumped Caden Saunders. Are you worried about Caden Saunders? I heard you guys say this uh, on another show. Amari Evans and Caden Saunders have the same number of catches. That's two on the season. <laughs> so if you liked Caden Saunders before the season, I don't think that there's any reason for you not to like him now. I was like, I, and I just, cause I just looked it up. I'm like, who is this other freshman wide receiver that they've been talking about? Who's getting playing time. Oh, you mean the guy that has two catches for 30 yards where Caden Saunders has two catches for 21 yards? No, I'm not particularly <laughs> worried. Um, yeah, like I said, Evan's really been making his name on, on special teams there. Um, but he he also has a couple extra targets there. He dropped one 
uh, in the game against Northwestern. Um, last wide receiver on the list here, CJ Williams at USC. They're going to be losing Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, or is CJ Williams a guy that you still have some hope for? Or are you worried about him? I, I never, just like uh, Gavin Sawchuck, this was a player that I'm like, uh, no, no thanks. You know, th- this is one of these um, possession jump ball type wide receivers. And uh, have we seen that type of player have success in a Lincoln Riley offense? Not really. I mean, Theo Weiss I'm, and Jordan and Jaden Hazelwood, both guys who were highly recruited, who did not yeah. have success. Hayes, right, right. And I think that he's more one of those two. Yeah. Now, uh, and part part of his recruiting was like that he went. What, did he go to St. John Bosco or Mar- Modern Day? He went to Modern Day. Modern Day, I believe. He's a, he's a Modern Day guy, so that's part of like his allure is that he went to 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 Modern Day. I. Again, a, pl- a player that I did not have rostered. I did not like in the off-season process. So yeah. I don't have him rostered anywhere. So zero shares, zero cares. <laughs> I like that. That's a good slogan. Uh, yeah, I same, stole it from way. my friend Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falco. All right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about C.J. Williams as well. I was never really in on him, but – I, I think he's going to have to transfer to see any success. Last two guys here. We got two quarterbacks, Nick Evers, quarterback for Oklahoma. We saw uh, Dylan Gabriel go down, and we saw how poor uh, Bell Beville was um, for them this past week and, and the week before that as well. Nick Evers still couldn't get on the field. Uh, were you Are you worried about Nick Evers yet? I, I wouldn't have put him on the field either. They're going to get destroyed by uh, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, go have Davis Bevel and get destroyed. No, I, so they didn't put him on the field, but they didn't really put Bevel on the field either because they had everybody throwing passes in that game. That was like a safety issue, uh, at least in my opinion. No, I, I don't know that it made sense to put him on the field. He did get in at the end. The very he end. did get in, but they at the at the very end, but. That was a team that knew they had quarterback. Who? How many? If you looked at the at the box score, there were so many guys. They had so many wild, different players playing wildcat in that game. They had a whole bunch of different players throw passes in that game. They knew they had a quarterback issue. They probably knew that that game was going to get a hand. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I mean, you got to think going in, they probably did. Uh, I'm not overly worried about Evers either. My biggest concern is five star Jackson Arnold coming in next year. Um, that I think is going to be an intriguing battle. To if watch. you've listened to this is the longest podcast I've ever recorded. If you've li- <laughs> listened up until this point, please shoot me a DM at sharp review on Twitter. I'm going to get no responses. There is no way that anyone is listening. What this, you guys are insane. We, we, we regularly go two hours on this in, in, in season. I here. know. And you know, what's um, funny is I always listen to all of it, but I'm going to DM yourself. Like people don't, I'm going to be in myself. You know, I'm not above it. You know, I've done Q and A's in our discord where mm-hmm. I ask myself questions because nobody else submits a question. So I just ask yep. myself, I'm not above it. I'm not above it. Colin. The last guy, I'll get you out of here. Last guy. Are we worried about Connor Weigman? Texas A&M, another team that has had some quarterback issues as well. Um, guys getting hurt. Haynes King is terrible. We have yet to see Connor Wigman. Are you worried about him? Not yet. 
but you should be if you don't see him start by the end of the season because he can he be as bad as Haynes King? Haynes King is terrible. <laughs> Haynes King is terrible. And this is a team that has aspirations. Well, they had aspirations for, you know, at least SEC championship aspirations, New Year's Six Bowl aspirations. They're spending a lot of money. I mean, they're calling, like, people are calling into Paul Feinbaum <laughs> and suggesting that, <laughs> that 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 Jim Fisher get whacked. <laughs> um, so not yet, but if we get towards the final quarter of the season, the final two or three games, and he's they're they're still rolling Haynes King out there, then I would be worried. So you're like especially, probably like a four? especially if they get like another another loss or so, if they get like another, if they lose another game, you know. All right, we got to see what this kid has because we can't. Haynes King is not giving us a chance to win. I, yeah, yeah, I would say about a four. About a four, okay. but if by the end of the season he's still not starting, then that goes up until, you know. what? Because Malachi Nelson is re- reopened his recruiting, right? And Malachi Nelson headed to he Texas A&M? He, he, I believe he, has t- he took a visit there. I don't know if he officially reopened it yet, but I know he took a visit. Oh, so, so we'll Mary, but he just that. went to some woman's house. <laughs> alone for a date but he's not you know he's not getting a divorce i mean that's, whatever you know all right all right well that's gonna do it for us here tonight thank you so much felix for hopping on here short notice for going thank almost me, the thank full me. two hours it's uh your pleasure for having me here it really is it's really your pleasure for having me here it truly is it is always a pleasure having felix on here um I, you know, I, I knew I, I knew when there was an opening on campus life, you were the guy to go to here on this one. Damn right. You know what? We're gonna be we're gonna get better next week. We're gonna keep grinding. And uh, <laughs> this wasn't our best performance, but uh, all right, that's all I gotta say. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for us here. Um, as always, check out the other podcasts we got on the feed here. This is Colin. That was Felix who just walked off. And- <laughs>